Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We've got our roundtable game preview edition. Really excited about this one. Jason Caldwell is here, as well as Mark Murphy. Got a big game coming up on Saturday. Auburn finally gets a, gets a big home game this season. They played at Penn State. They played at Death Valley at LSU. Split those two games. One, one, lost the other. Now they get a chance to show what kind of environment Jordan-Hare Stadium can be in a big matchup against number two, Georgia, 230 uh, Central Time on CBS. Really, really big game here. Georgia looks like they might be the best team in the country. Um, it's, if it's not Alabama, it's definitely them. And nobody else really looks that close to those two teams. Um, so certainly a really big challenge. But um, we're going to get into Georgia's defense because that, I mean, that's a huge storyline, everybody. I mean, the stats are, you've probably read them. Um, they're kind of ridiculous. But first, I wanted to start with the other side of the ball. Jason, you did um, your offensive preview of Georgia today, recording this on Wednesday. Um, and it just, we were talking about it before the show. I don't think any of us are really of the opinion that, I mean, Georgia's just probably not going to score that many points this game. They don't really have that much of a prolific offense, but they've got some injury issues right now. Obviously, the quarterback is the main one. Um, tell me about what they're working with on offense right now and what Auburn's going to see out of them on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know, I may be wrong. Um but I just don't think that this is an offense that is going to come in and, and run up and down the field. Um, you know, a lot of their points come because their defense sets them up, whether it's, you know, defensive touchdowns. They've, they've had some short fields to work with. Now, I'm not saying they don't have some talent, um, you know, but, you know, kind of that running back position is where it starts for this team with Zamir White and James Cook, um, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh. They use four different guys at running back. And, you know, they got a couple other guys that, that they could potentially give the ball to as well. But, you know, they, they kind of spread you out uh, in terms of, of making you defend four or five different looks at running back. Um, and that's kind of where it starts for them in the running game. They're averaging 196 yards a game, 11 rushing touchdowns, have not allowed a rushing touchdown this year. So that's a huge advantage in five games. Um, and so that's where it starts. But the question is, is quarterback. Um, you look and you know, JT Daniels has been bothered by um, kind of a strained back muscle. Um, his, had already had a, 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 you know, kind of a rib cage muscle a few weeks ago that bothered him. So it's, it's already cost him a couple of starts and he's only played three games this year. Um, now he's, he's been productive. Um, he's averaging, you know, 189 yards passing the game, um, five touchdowns, only two interceptions. And a couple of those games, he didn't play much past the, the, the middle of the second quarter against Vandy was one of them. But, um, you know, I think you look at, you know, kind of this this team and, um, you know, whether it's JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, if you're Auburn's defense, it starts with, you know, trying to make them one-dimensional as possible, trying to slow down that running game. Auburn has done a good job of that so far this season, um, but they haven't played anybody that has the, you know, the the talent in the running game and and maybe the will to run it as much as, as Georgia does. Different challenge, you know, for this team coming up on Saturday. Yeah, that's the thing, Mark, is that, you know, they've 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 held down their two power five opponents, um, you know, in big road spots, pretty low rushing totals. But Penn State hasn't shown they're very good at running the ball this season. LSU basically didn't even try to run the ball. Um, we've seen Auburn's defensive front improve. Um, I think they they obviously had their best game of the season against a good opponent against LSU. What are you looking for out of that defensive front? Because we saw them start to come into their own a little bit and, and, and really start to dominate at times in the second half 
um, against LSU guys like Derek Hall and guys like Colby Wooden. Yeah, Auburn is up near the uh, national lead, Nathan, and tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And I think a big part of that is because the quickness up there on that front. And, uh, you know, George is a little bit different type of animal uh, with all those big athletic, highly recruited tailbacks. And, uh, you know, if Stetson Bennett, the fourth, is the guy at quarterback, I expect to see Georgia be heavily run-oriented. And it's going to put all kinds of pressure on Auburn's defensive front to uh, step up and play well, and also on the linebackers. And, uh, you know, whether or not Owen Poe plays or not, still a big question. You know, he's a guy that could certainly use out there as a run-stopper. And, of course, Sokovia McLean is going to be vital in that too. But, uh, you know, physically just looking at Auburn's defensive front, they're not really huge. And, uh, you know, Georgia's going to have a big size advantage on the offensive line. Now, Georgia is not as big as, you know, some teams out there on the offensive line, but they're big and they're good and they're strong. And they've just actually physically beaten up people like Arkansas last week. And, of course, you know, beating up Bandy is, doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, but beating up Arkansas the way they played, it does mean a lot. And uh, so uh, I'm curious to see how this matchup goes, because I think this is the biggest challenge for Auburn's front three or front four and throwing the linebackers, too, when it comes to the run game, Nathan. Yeah, 9.2 tackles for loss per game right now is second nationally for Auburn behind only Troy. So good for Chip Lindsey's team there. Um, Yeah, it's it's something that I remember Jason and I at the beginning of the season were talking about going to that Penn State game is, you know, look at this, uh, not undersized, but just a thin defensive front that Derek Mason likes to deploy. How are they going to get do against the run? And like we just talked about, they haven't really had an opportunity to do it against a team um, that is really strong in the run game. But Mark, you, you gave me a stat right before we started recording, um, talking about Auburn's defense, being able to help out the offense. You know, we don't think Georgia's going to score a ton of points. I'd be shocked if they got into the 30s this game. Um, but they probably, the defense, maybe even the special teams, probably needs to help out that offense because we'll get into it here in a second. Um, but that defense has not been forgiving at all for George. I don't think Bo Nix and company are going to put up many points. Right. The, uh, you know, Auburn has won 24 of its last 25 games when they've scored a non-offensive touchdown. Now that could be like on a kickoff return, punt return, a scoop and score or a, a pick six type of play. So uh, a play like that can get Jordan Hare stadium rocking and rolling and uh, particularly against Georgia because the fans have no love loss for Georgia right now. I think Georgia is public enemy number one, a in Auburn fandom out there because the Bulldogs have uh, done really well against Auburn lately. Won eight of the last 10 games and what was a very even series. And for a, a long time, a series that Auburn was ahead on Auburn's fallen behind Georgia and uh, Georgia's come in, Uh, to these games with a lot of highly ranked teams the last five years. And this is another one at number two. And uh, Georgia deserves its ranking. Uh, I, you know, if I was voting in the AP poll this week, I would have them number one. Uh, There's nobody, I think, that Georgia can't beat on a neutral field right now. But that doesn't mean they can't get beat. And one of the ways they could get beat is go out there and uh, turn the ball over a couple times to a team that's having a really good game. And, uh, you know, there's a path for Auburn to win this game, but it's not a very wide one, and they got to stay on it. 
Yeah, Jason, we'll finally we'll get we'll get to the defense here for Georgia. Um, I won't rattle. We won't go through the millions of statistics, um, but they're they're freakishly good this season. Um, just their success rate has been insane. I think it's um, 93.4 percent of their defensive possessions this season um, have not ended in points. Kind of absurd. Um, what does Auburn need to do on offense as a baseline? Because we know what they can do when they get sporadic we saw that with Bo Nix last week I think we're going to come to expect that for the rest of the season they're going to make these plays outside of the box um but how does Auburn set up a how does Auburn set up a run game with a guy like Dark West Hunter and and Tank Bixby against the front like this because sounds like from this week that's going to be first and foremost their priority in order to take some of that pressure off of Bo yeah you know I think you got to try to do it even if it's not successful a bunch you still got to you still got to Kind of hammered in there to me. Um, I think back to to you know 2017 a little bit. The plan that Chip Lindsey had, where you know they used a lot of short passing game, sideline to sideline, made Georgia run, cover the field. You got a 600, you know, six six, 360 pound nose guard. That's a he's a big athletic guy, but if you make that guy run sideline to sideline ten or twelve times, um, that could have an impact. Uh, I think continuing to do what they've done, which is tight ends. Um, throw the ball to the back side of the backfield, Sean Shiver, try to get them matched up. It's going to be tough to to run a whole lot of perimeter game against Georgia. Um, you know, but you know, you look in the middle and you got a guy that can can plug it up with the best of them. Uh, so you know, make those plays, take some opportunities, and I would expect Georgia to be very aggressive. That's why they play football. That's why they play defense, and that means you know, for this Auburn offensive line protection, I would expect to see. Plenty of two tight end looks for Auburn, um, two tight ends, maybe on a couple wide receivers, but you may have man coverage outside on those guys. So can you make a play? Um, hey, for Demetrius Robertson, this is all you're asking for this week. You get a chance to, to play Georgia, um, you know, with an opportunity to be a playmaker. Um, I still think there's some things that have been kind of left for him. We saw him, you know, take a couple of shots for him early on. Yeah, he got back involved a pretty good bit last week against LSU. But I still think the basis of this offense is going to be trying to run the football, throw the tight ends, throw to the backs, um, because the thing you have to do, you have to avoid third and long situations. This, you know, no offense is very good in those. Um, when you don't have a dynamic playmaker wide receiver, and Auburn doesn't right now, they could down the road, but not right now. You could, you know, I don't think you can find one. It's hard to get third and tens against anybody, much less a defense like this. So, you know, we talked about last week. Can Auburn on third, on second eight? Can you can you throw this the six yard pass to give you a third and two? Did a great job of that against LSU, especially in the second half and in the fourth quarter. That's the difference in the football game. Um, Going to have to do that again against Georgia, in my opinion, to give yourself a chance. Yeah, and we and we saw that when they and I completely agree that was really big. They got themselves in a lot of third and manageables. Um, that's something Bo Nix said today was that the tight ends and the I mean, Sean Shivers had three, I think three third down conversions, catching passes by himself. Shanker had over hundred yards from had that touchdown. It's really big for them on third down, kind of some easier options. Um, but we've seen how aggressive Brian Harson gets, you know, some of those third and twos that didn't get him. If it's fourth and two, especially in this game, um, you know, you really got nothing to lose here. You're, you're trying to play spoiler to this team. Um, we've, we've seen him turn it up now he, and he's going to be the aggressive play caller. Um, still on the subject of the run game, Jason, just kind of a quick 
side note, what what do you make of of the running backs right now? What we've seen out of Jarquez Hunter being their leading rusher the past couple weeks. Um, and I just looked Tank Bigsby, uh, 27 carries for only 91 yards over the past two games. Just what do you kind of make of that situation moving into this big game? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think part of it is <clears throat> he's a target right now. I think that's some of it when he goes in the game. Um, I think using him in the passing game is is maybe an answer to 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 making some people kind of respect a little bit more of that. So I think that's some of it. Um and and I think he's probably a guy that um I think if you look back, you'd say, hey, um, Tank probably bounced it outside a few many too many times. I think we saw that against LSU a couple of times and and you pay for it. You're not gonna be able to bounce a bunch against Georgia. Um, you look outside for this team and you know, these are familiar names for people that follow all the recruiting, Channing Tyndall. Uh, Nicobe Dean, a linebacker. Uh, Adam Anderson's a kid I saw at Rome High School that's a big-time athletic outside guy that leads his team in sacks. Nolan Smith, one of the top recruits in the country when he came out of high school. Um, these are guys that can run you down. And so I think if you're Auburn, it's going to be, hey, pick a hole, get your foot in the ground, and go. Um, tank, I think get back to that, and I think that's the answer for him. That's what Jarquez Hunter does, has done a great job of right now. I think you're looking going this week going, look, there's not a whole lot of time to be dancing because this team's coming after you. You better find a hole, find a crease, get upfield in a hurry. And, uh, you know, this is a this is a good one-two punch, and then you throw in Shivers as a, as a receiving threat. It's, it's the type of team that can maybe give Georgia some issues, but – yeah, you know, Mark, we've seen it. It all starts with that offensive line. Can they can they give some creases and and keep that those Georgia guys out? Nobody's been able to do a whole lot of that. That's the challenge this week, isn't it? You know, Georgia loves to run blitz with those linebackers. They're very athletic and quick. And that's why, you know, they they cause a lot of havoc and plays get blown up before they get started. So Auburn's just gonna have to be mentally tough. And if it happens, they get a play blown up you know, for three or four yard loss, uh, just keep on playing and not let that worry him. And also, you know, when you're going to be that aggressive run blitzing like that, you know, if you block it right and hit a seam, all of a sudden um, you might end up having a running play with a tank or, or Jarquez that turns into like a 30 yard play. And, uh, you know, you just can't give up on the run game, Nathan. That's what we were talking about. It's just too important, a part of what Auburn wants to do offensively. Well, we might have seen maybe a microcosm of what this game will be because LSU's defense is not nearly as good as Georgia's. But we kind of saw it against LSU that they went away from the run. And Brian Harson said after the game, that's just what you got to do sometimes. You got to do whatever's working for you. Um, but it's always in their arsenal. They're always going to come back to it. They're always going to try to establish it, especially at the end of the game. And it paid off for them. They got a couple big runs, particularly um, by Jarquez Hunter. But um, Mark, I mean, the, the catalyst of this offense against LSU was Bo Nix and what he did with his legs. Um, he did make a lot more decisive throws, I think, than people are giving him credit for. The completion percentage on paper wasn't um, amazing. But you're talking about that offensive line. He had time to throw. He just made the decision to to get out of the pocket and do his own thing. Um, do you expect to see much of that this week or is it going to have to be, you know, drop, drop and, and, and get a quick pass out there against this, this Georgia defense that might be a little bit stingier at every single level? You know, one of the things that impressed me, Nathan, is that, you know, I was watching what LSU was doing on, def- on defense 
And a lot of time they were cheating those safeties up there late before the, uh, the snap. And they were going from having four guys in the box to six in the box to seven in the box and sometimes eight in the box. And mostly Auburn recognized that and, and didn't try to run into it. And that's why they ended up throwing so much in the, especially, you know, second, third, and fourth quarters. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought it was very effective. And, uh, you know, even if you're not going to break a big play, you know, throw that pass for five or six yards. And uh, and if it's not there, Bo Nix used his legs and, uh, you know, moved the chains that way. And uh, But with Georgia – I don't see any downside to doing that because he's such a good athlete and they're going to have to use all their weapons. Um, and that's certainly one of their best ones they've got. And uh, uh, Jason mentioned a little bit about Demetrius Robertson. You know, this is an opportunity for him, whether it's him, another guy from Georgia, uh, Kobe Hudson or somebody else, one of these wide receivers or two of them, they need to step up and be alpha males out there in the field and beat some of these guys one-on-one because there's certainly some opportunities out there because defenses are concerned about Bigsby and they're concerned about uh, Jarquez Hunter. And, uh, you know, if they get the ball to the worm some too, they'll probably be concerned about him because I think he's a threat running the football too. So, uh, um, you know, Georgia is going to be really aggressive and uh, Auburn's just going to be, have to be mentally tough and, you know, get hit in the mouth a couple times, but keep on going and see how they can handle it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. This is old school, 1960s SEC style football. It's like who's man enough to want to win this football game. And uh, I think Auburn's going to try to step up to the challenge, Nathan. And, you know, Georgia, like you guys have mentioned, loaded four and five star players and they've got a talent advantage, but, Sometimes that's not enough to win a football game. And, uh, you know, you got, you know, if you don't execute, uh, it doesn't matter how many stars you got on your team. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, this is, and you're exactly right. One of those receivers, like some, this is, this is the week. Someone has to step up um, and someone has to kind of take that. Like you said, that alpha role, we keep going back and forth. We think it's Demetrius Robertson at the beginning of the season. Kobe Hudson is probably still their best receiver right now, um, but he didn't have a very good game against LSU. So um, it's really just back and forth. You, you, this, you needed a guy like Eli Stove to come back. Really? I think is what we're realizing at this point in the season. You know, but- first think about it. 
there were six passes dropped in that game last week. Yeah. You got a guy like Eli Stove and you're throwing it to him. He didn't drop passes last yeah. year. No, he didn't. Very rare. Yeah. And, uh, and same with Seth Williams occasionally dropped a ball, but if you look at his body of work over three seasons, when he threw the ball near him, it was generally going to be caught. Yeah, Auburn leads the Auburn leads the SEC right now and drops on the season with 16. Uh, I think the next team is Mississippi State that has 14. And I mean, Mississippi State throws the ball twice as much as Auburn does. Yeah, probably probably twice as many attempts. Right. So um, I would say that that drops statistic is underreported. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I remember. I think. I mean, maybe this last game. I mean, there 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 have been games where I, it seems like they're getting to double digit drops. I know yeah, they're not. I, I, I would say that just a minimum 10 in Penn State and LSU games. Just in those two games alone, I would say there was a minimum of 10, probably a, probably a little bit more of that. So, yep. yeah, it's it, – you're right, Mark. You mentioned the Georgia wide receiver, Xavier Capers, another Georgia kid. Um, finally saw him kind of back into the mix. And it's really interesting to hear how Brian Harson talks about the wide receiver group. Um, people wondered what would happen. Um, and it, it didn't – it really – they almost cut the – the wide receiver rotation down. We didn't see – we saw kind of the same guys almost against LSU because they're demanding, hey, you got to be perfect. And uh, see it would be interesting to see if that that opens up a little bit in week two under a new coach. Um, and, and if they get some more guys involved, I still think Javarius Johnson's a guy that uh, went healthy. Um, they got to use down the field a little more. They're, you know, they're using him some in the short game. I think he's a guy that they can stretch the field a little bit. We saw it early. You got banged up. We haven't seen it since. I'm, I'm, I'm watching to see if six is a guy they get in the middle of the field to match him up with the safety and see if they can go over the top. I think that's something to watch for. Yeah, four snaps for him, actually, I saw today in that game against LSU. So you wonder – you're right, Jason. You wonder about his health moving forward. We've talked about it a million times. He was the most consistent guy in the spring. Um, and anytime a guy like that where speed is his number one asset, an ankle injury isn't going to – necessarily lend itself to uh to helping that cause so yeah wide receiver is definitely something we're going to be keeping our eye on in this game because if Bo Nix is going to do anything close to what he did against LSU um he's going to need some help to get bailed out um a number that Jason you might have seen it Mark I found today um so this is going to be Bo's 30th start at Auburn um it'll be a seventh game against a top five opponent um that comes out to like 23 percent something like that it's almost one-fourth of every single game he's played at Auburn um, has been against a top-five team. Um, but at this point, I mean, it it's definitely works in his advantage uh, because he's seen these kinds of teams before. He said that today. You know, Georgia's got a lot of talent. But basically, he said, I've been playing these kinds of teams my entire career. This is what you do at Auburn. You, you play teams like Georgia. Every year is your cross-division opponent. Um, so it's not necessarily anything uh special or out of the ordinary this georgia defense does look like a rare breed this year but um mark just how important is it going to be for auburn you know we always talk about people always say oh, coach how important is it to get off to a fast start well nobody's ever going to say you know oh, we want to be down 14 nothing but you know for auburn to get the crowd involved early in this game and to get them on top of georgia throughout the game we've seen what jordan Hare can do to better teams and allow auburn to come away with a victory um just how important is that for them to get this crowd involved and to get them um, on top of Georgia early and often. Yeah, I think it's really important, Nathan. And if you go back and look at it, you know, Auburn played great to start the season against Akron. They 
And even considering the opponent, they just were sharp. Running routes were crisp. I mean, there weren't penalties. Uh, it, it was a new offense, new coaches. It just didn't look like it. It looked like they were in midseason form. And then they started regressing in week two and uh, started having some more penalties and, you know, more Simon errors. And the head coach was fussing about people in practice, not – concentrating like they need to do. And, uh, and then you fire a position is, coach. So, yep. <laughs> that's right. And uh, so, but if you look at Auburn and look at it defensively too, the numbers are much better overall in quarters three and four than they are in quarters one and two this year. And it's substantial. I think Auburn is, um, you know, allowing a lot fewer total yards in, in the second half. And, uh, so, you know, I, you know, we've asked players about that and they, they say it's not these huge halftime adjustments. It's just more of a matter of uh, carrying out the assignments that were put in during game planning during the week. And uh, so, but this is a week you don't have time to mess around early. Georgia's too good. They'll make you pay. We saw it last year in Athens. And, uh, and I think Georgia might be more – difficult to beat than that team they played last year over at Sanford stadium, Nathan. Yeah. And it, it, this Jordan hair crowd, again, we've seen what they can do in these kinds of games going back to it. Um, after the 2013 games, um, Auburn's played six games, you know, two apiece to each season at home um, against Georgia and Alabama. They're three and three in those games. So I don't think they've been the better team three times. Um, maybe in 2017, they might've been better than Georgia. Uh, no, they actually that, that Georgia team was pretty dang good. Um, I don't know if they've been the better team. Yeah, they, you know, Auburn with with that team that year, if Carrion Johnson doesn't get hurt, they beat that team in the SC championship game. I think, I think it was a better matchup for them. Yeah. Um, but you you mentioned something that I think is key. Mitch Crowd. Um, this is the first time that really two signing classes for Auburn will have played in Jordan Hare Stadium in this environment. You know, it's been loud, but not in this SEC game environment on the flip side of that the last time georgia played in an environment like this was this very game in 2019 which was november 16th i believe so it's almost been 24 months since georgia has played in an environment like this go back and look and very few of the guys that started that day are, are on the roster i think there's only two and jordan davis is one um, and there's one other player. Um, I think one of the interesting enough, one of the guys that started that day was Mitch Robertson. Um, so this is it's going to be a different experience for Georgia. They played in a neutral site and they played in Nashville, which was anything but a neutral site in favor of Georgia. Um, I think you look at it, Auburn's crowd had an impact on the road at LSU. I think Auburn's crowd could have an impact here, but as Mark said. It, it all depends on you got to get to you got to get to the halftime and be there, be in striking distance where that crowd can then have an impact. Can't fall behind early and then have to play catch up against this team. That's that's my keys. No matter what happens, um, you can't get out there and, and look up and be down thirteen to nothing in the second quarter of Georgia. Um, you won't have the same impact it did last week against LSU. And talking about that 2019 game, Jason, I think the crowd bothered Georgia's offense. If I remember right, they had 251 yards in that game. And uh, 
Auburn had substantially more, and it was a really close game that Auburn certainly had a chance to win. So, uh, yeah, I think that crowd factor, as Nathan talked about, is potentially a really big deal. And, you know, just from what we could gather from all our interactions with Auburn fans this week, I think they're ready for some football on Saturday. Yeah, it's a ch- they're taking the challenge, um, I think. And, and, and people have – I know uh, our friend Justin Lee has hit on it a lot this week. Um, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about it. We heard about Penn State. We heard about Death Valley. They're talking, we've talked about it on here, you know, the loudest crowds or whatever. How, how did this crowd compare? Um, well, Jordan-Hare Stadium hasn't had its shot at that since the 2019 Iron Bowl, just like you were talking about. It's been a long time. Um, I do remember in that 19 Georgia game, too, seemed like the crowd had an impact of Auburn getting back in the game um, because Georgia jumped on that lead. I mean, they were up, mm-hmm. I think, was it 21 nothing in the fourth 21 nothing, and, and Auburn went to yeah. – Two-minute offense, scored a couple times in the fourth quarter, uh, and actually had the ball again. Uh, and you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a big part of this game. I think you're right. I think people are looking forward to it. Um, if Auburn will give them something to cheer about and something to to stay in the game with, then, hey, a lot of times over the years, uh, I've seen teams that have, uh, that maybe, you know, I thought, well, they're gonna have to have a, they're gonna have to play really well to win. I've seen I've seen this crowd carry teams to do that before. Um, you know, it could happen again on Saturday, but you know, you got to give them some help. So I think we'll 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 wrap it up here. the The fearless forecasters has not come out yet, so we won't get into our score predictions. We'll leave that one to go up yet. I assume, and you guys stop me. I assume everyone here is is picking Georgia. I mean, unless Auburn had some you know crazy X factor or something, I really don't think you know people are going to outright pick it. Now we're all sitting here saying Auburn has opportunities to win this game. They they can win this game, but for both of you, Jason, we'll we'll just ride your train of thought here. Um, we talked about it before we got on the show. What's the path? What does Auburn need to do? Um, I guess not even to win the game, but to be in the game at the end of the fourth quarter. And like we've been talking about, give themselves an opportunity to make one of these crazy plays, crazy moments we've seen in Jordan Hare over the years. I think I think we got to see the this Mark mentioned second half defense. We got to see that defense for for sixty minutes. Um, you can't have blown assignments early. Uh, you can't give up a, an easy score for Georgia. Big plays got to make them earn it. Um, if this defense does that and makes Georgia earn it, then I don't believe Georgia's going to run off and hide um, unless Auburn gives them much turnover. So, to me, you know, Roger McCreary said it starts with defense. We got to go out there and and and, and kind of put it on our shoulders. And then you got to make plays. Um, you got to make some plays on offense. We saw last week, Bo made a, a few plays. That was enough. Um, you got to be more consistent in that area um, this time around. And as always, turnovers. Um, you got to watch those. But to me, if that defense gets out there and gets after it and, 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 and executes, then, then I think Auburn's going to be in a football game. Mark, wrap us up. What are your keys to the game? You know, I think if Auburn can do something – you know, a little bit out of the ordinary, like block a punt, return a kickoff uh, deep for a touchdown or, or, or close to it. Well, that can build some all-important momentum, pick six, um, scoop and score, that type of play. But I agree with Jason. Got a man up on defense, play tough, make Georgia throw the football. Now, you might get beat with Georgia's passing game, but I'd, if I'm in Auburn shoes – as a defensive coordinator and a defensive staff, I'd rather have this Georgia team throwing the football than I would have given it to Zamir White and all those guys and, and letting them try to, to, to pound you. And, uh, and you know, if you're pretty good at stopping the run, that means you're probably going to get more 
at bats on offense to make something happen. And you need all the bats you can get. You need 16 innings against this Georgia defense. And uh, so I'm looking forward to the game. I, you know, I've seen Auburn teams, um, you know, underdog and dogs in these type of games and come out and be very difficult to beat. I'm not saying Auburn's going to win the game, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Georgia's going to win this game. I think this might be one of Georgia's toughest challenges of the season. Yeah. And I think Georgia and their fans are know that and they're approaching the game this way. Um, I think because of what you just said, Mark, this game's getting national attention, of course, because it's, you know, number two, top 20 matchup, whatever. Um, but people know what Auburn's about. People know Auburn's identity. They know how games we just talked about. It. I mean, Auburn in these kinds of games against Georgia and Alabama, they hang right there and they win a lot of the time. Um, so people have kind of got their eyes on this one. They know what happens in Jordan Hare Stadium sometime. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I'm super like I just have this feeling this is going to be a really fun game, um, regardless of which way it goes. Really, really excited. Um, appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast Roundtable. We had a lot of fun doing it. Please leave us a five star review if you guys enjoyed it um, as well. Keep up with us all weekend. Again, we are super excited to have this one. It's going to be fun to be uh, to be in Auburn this weekend and uh, take in this kind of environment. So we'll have all the. Uh, Auburn coverage for you guys at auburnundercover.com and inside the Auburn Tigers. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, we will talk to you guys later. Everybody have a great end of the week.